If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt and nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back. Yet another week of the Outdoor Drive podcast. We appreciate everybody who's coming to listen to this. We are absolutely out of it. We are headed back into Connecticut. Happy Memorial Day. It is Monday. It is a day off, and we appreciate everybody that does what they need to do to make us free. Um, This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Mr. Madman Mardik. Madman. Yeah. Hey, wake up. Wake up. I'm a little tired. All right. What? <laughs> not, not enough caffeine this week and definitely not enough sleep. <laughs> caffeine and hate, remember? Yeah, Seth says it. <laughs> that's what this trip was run on. <laughs> caffeine and hate. That's what it's all about, oh. dude. What a great trip, though. And I, I'm going to start it off by, A, thanking Nor'easter Game Calls, mm-hmm. Mr. Mark Buzzle, for everything and putting all of this together. Um, Greg Andrews for allowing us to stay yes. in camp. Expedential. We can't thank you enough for the opportunity to be able to stay in camp. Um, and we definitely could not have had camp without 207 guide service 100%. outfitters. Those guys are the best, hands down. Seth Edwards and Tim, uh, they were actually on the last podcast. But those boys made it all happen. I mean, could we have done it and hunted without them? Maybe. But they made everything that much easier for us. And it was a, a very good time to be able to spend with them and have some fun and seth went above and beyond for weeks to uh to get us spots and so on and so forth to have a good time we ended up killing a good amount of birds and we'll get into that as the podcast goes on but being able to go night hunting with him and coyotes we'll get into that too but there's just been it was just a great weekend a great group of guys and and seriously, just another add to the podcast family. I, I can't. Oh, absolutely. I can't be more thankful for everybody who was part of this weekend. Um, it was great. And uh, hashtag where's Lou? So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where is Lou? <laughs> who knows? Has anyone heard from him? Um, no, no, nobody heard from him. No. I, I think um, Hershey's called and they're gonna actually put him on the uh, on a, on a milk can. <laughs> so good, good for Lou. Well, so, oh man, dude! Silver alert! 
So is it a silver alert? I don't, I don't know. That's kids, I think. I think is Maybe it? Maybe not. I yeah. don't know. Doesn't, he is a he's kid. He's kind of a kid. He's yeah, like 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. I was going 4'2", <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> so um, let's let's do our housekeeping rules, man, and uh, get things under under our housekeeping chores. and Housework? I'm, yeah, I'm out of it, dude. It's been dude, a long week. The grind. We'll get into the grind. I, figured, I just want to talk about I, Oh, I forgot to tell you. I think my next hunting rig is going to be a Tesla. Yeah? Yeah. Because I put it on autopilot. Yep. I won't have to drive. I can sleep and save time because obviously there's no time to sleep any other time in camp. So I can make up for it when I'm supposed to be driving. Is that and I don't have to rely on you to navigate. It just it's win-win, yeah. yeah. The official vehicle of the outdoor drive. <laughs> Tesla. Can we get it in like a van? Thank you, you Elon Musk. They're coming out with a truck. No, I want a van. It looks like a tank. So we can just go sleep in the back. Right. And then it just drives itself. I, I did it. It's like, so... I think a couple of years ago, guys have probably heard this story, but it was a brand new Nissan Altima, and it literally was self-driving. I didn't realize I got halfway across oh, yeah, the country and found out that it was self-driving. It's the greatest thing in the world, dude. You don't have to steer. You don't have to do nothing. Um, it's the greatest thing. Speaking of, we are on the drive right now. We're, we are on the road again. You can probably hear the tires slapping, the AC going. It's 91 degrees. There's no way I'm not going to have the AC on in the truck. Um, I'm a baby when it comes to that. So um, let's get the house cleaning up and on, out of the way, guys, and we'll get back into it and uh, let you guys all know what's going on. So Nor'easter Game Calls, I'm going to thank them first uh, because they are more marked this trip. They sponsored this trip. It was brought to you by Nor'eastergameCalls.com. Uh, go and check them out. Mark is working on a ton of grunt calls. We were in the shop and got to work in the shop and see everything he's got going on. Crow calls, uh, new um, owl protocol is uh, owl owl pro- call protocol. It's, it's prototyped. Dude, I'm out of it. You guys are going to have to deal yeah. with my uh, slang list here. Um, good stuff. So, Norris Game Calls, NorrisGameCalls.com. Go and check them out over there. And then we are title sponsored by. Hashtag uh, Norris Game Calls. Uh, we are. Hashtag Where's Lou? Uh, we are title sponsored by uh, Huntworth. HuntworthGear.com. Probably some of the best camo on the market. I was actually. I don't know. How did Justin wear Heat Boost? Because Justin's cold blooded. He's always cold. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> so, um, but. Yeah, I mean, some of the greatest gear in the world, dude. I mean, that that the hoodie definitely did its job, and having to be able to just grab one piece of or article of clothing and go, that is definitely the way to go. Um, real good stuff. So go and check them out, huntworthgear.com. Also, Bowhunters United, bowhuntersunited.com, guys. Make sure to sign up. Link is below. Uh, get in on there. Those guys are the advocates for us as bowhunters to making and keeping us alive in the bow hunting world and they also bring you news for your crews with mr mike salter uh let's take a minute and uh let's hear from mr mike salter and we'll get back I'll, to I'll our normal this toll while he does the oh news. is that what you're gonna do yeah. all right all right guys why don't we buckle up and see what's going on in the world of news with mr mike salter hey everyone we're gonna kick this one off in michigan where hb 4593 Uh, would allow an individual to engage in wildlife feeding, including uh, deer and elk, if the feed is within 300 feet of a residence and not more than two gallons at any one time. Currently, wildlife feeding is under the authority of the Natural Resources Commission, which can issue orders on deer and elk feeding for uh, prevention of starvation and recreational viewing. This bill would remove the authority and would allow wildlife and bird feeding within 300 feet of a residence. The bill also removes the current provision that wildlife feeding must be done in a manner that excludes deer and elk. Uh, 
Uh, so to take action against this bill, you can do so directly through the National Deer Association website. Now for a big update on the corner crossing case. On Friday, a federal judge ruled that the four Missouri hunters did not trespass uh, when the corner crossed and passed through the airspace above the Elk Mountain Ranch. The judge granted the hunters' request to dismiss most of the lawsuit that claimed the men trespassed and caused more than $7 million in damages. The judge stated, Corner crossing on foot in the checkerboard pattern of land, uh, owner, uh, of land ownership without physically contacting private land and without causing damage to private property does not constitute unlawful trespass. Uh, this ruling is a major, has major implications for public access to 8.3 million acres of corner-locked public land in the U.S. The judge agreed with the ranch owner generally owns the airspace above his property and is entitled to use it, but even property rights come with limitations and restrictions, and that there is no evidence the hunters made physical contact with private land or caused damage to the plaintiff's private property. The hunters do, to, do expect an appeal, but for now, a huge win for hunters and public land access. Now to California, where the NWTF collaborated with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, California Waterfowl Association, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and the National Wildlife Refuge Complex to provide mentorship to 18 novice hunters this spring. Funding for the program allowed hiring of a hunt program assistant vital to organizing the weekend hunts, building blinds, scouting turkeys, providing guidance to new hunters, and overseeing operations at the check station. Uh, the program provided opportunities for 18 new hunters, and selection of those hunters was facilitated through the California Waterfowl Association's website on a weekly basis. Each apprentice was then paired with a mentor uh, to guide them through the entire hunting experience. The program saw 15 of the 18 hunters successfully harvest their first turkey, all of which were mature, mature toms. Uh, the group of hunters represented a diverse range of individuals, including youth, Hunters, men, women, and veterans demonstrating the inclusivity and accessibility of the program. Uh, the Apprentice Hunt program has played a significant role in addressing barriers uh, faced by hunters, such as limited access to open land and water, lack of mentorship, and insufficient opportunities. So congratulations to all those successful first-time hunters. Now an update from a couple weeks ago, uh, the research being done on blotchy bass. Mass is now also asking anglers to partake in recording all bass catches on the Angler Atlas My Catch Apps 2023 Blotchy Bass Bonanza. So get those recorded uh, and aid in that research. Now to Michigan, where the Department of Natural Resources will be, will be providing residents an opportunity to share input and ideas on policy decisions, program, and other aspects of natural resource management and outdoor recreation opportunities. Uh, this input can be provided at meetings held by various organizations throughout June. Uh, these meetings include commissions, committees, councils, uh, work groups, uh, and the dates of all those meetings are updated on the DNR's boards, commissions, committees, and councils webpages. Uh, it is important for sportsmen and women to voice their uh, opin opinions and positions at these meetings, uh, as many uh, passive recreators and an anti-hunters do so. Lastly, to Montana, where the uh, Hunter and Bowhunter Education Advisory Committee will meet at the University of Providence on June 6th and 7th. The committee has been convened to look at improving the Hunter and Bowhunter Education programs. The committee will focus on strategies for recruiting new volunteer instructors, implementing field days for online students, and improving landowner relations and hunter ethics within the curriculum. Uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks solicited applications for the committee and chose 23 members representing all parts of the state. The group will review the manuals, online programs, and field day outlines and develop recommendations for the FWP director and the hunter and bow hunter education staff to implement. 
Also, starting in 2024, FWP will require a field day for all hunter and bow hunter education students under 18, including those that take the online courses. So, more if you want more information on on this, you can be uh, you can email Greg Lemon at glemon at mt.gov. Also, don't forget to click on the Outdoor Drive affiliate link on the uh, episode description to join Bowhunters United to protect and expand your bowhunting rights. As always, if you have any news to send along to me, it'd be greatly appreciated. Reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or Beard underscore Bowhunter21 on Instagram. With that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Thank you, Mike Salter. Thank you, News um, Bowhunters United, for the news for your crew sponsorship. We really appreciate that. And uh, let's get back to our regular show. So, what's up, Steve? We're back with <laughs> the voice from the Outdoor Drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're delusional, dude. Things are kind of crazy. Delirious. I so and I and we talk about this all the time. Like turkey grind is the hardest grind. Like I'll take the whole month of October, and and I would compare it to um, two days of turkey hunting mm-hmm. because the turkey grind is the hardest grind there is, in my opinion. Right? I don't know, man. November. What do you think? November gets pretty pretty hairy. No, I know, but I'm saying a couple of days of October is equivalent uh, to to. Turkey, well, let's start with this. Okay. Fly down, or not fly down, legal light in Maine is 430. Right. Legal shooting light. So, I mean, we were leaving camp 345. It turns into a long day when you're leaving camp at 345 and you have to be in the woods set up no later. I mean, that's legal light's 430, so you're, you have to be in your spot by 4, 415. Right. That's an early start. Man. Super like, early start. Especially when... Deer season, I'm not even getting out of bed that early. Um, and sundown is 8.30. Right. You can shoot until almost 8.45. Legally, right? It was right? Uh, 8.41 last night was legal light. Yeah, that's insane. So so you're going out and roosting at 8.40 something, and then you go home, get some grub, go to sleep, and then back up again to go do it again. Right. Then, <laughs> then you had night... Night coyote hunting well, in there. Well, yeah, I wasn't even going to add that, but well, you, yeah. I mean, so, you might so, as well. So, I mean, there was two nights where we were out until midnight. 11 o'clock. Yeah. Well, by the time o'clock. we got back to camp, it yeah. was midnight. And we're then up at 345. Out the door at 345. There was uh, yeah. no time to sleep. No, sleep, sleep, sleep's not, not made for us people at all. No. So. It was not so. It was totally worth it, though. Oh, I mean, like. Full send. It was a blast, dude. I never had so much fun in my entire life. It was a blast. So we left Wednesday night, me and Steve. We headed up there. We had the boys from 207 on the podcast. Um, Seth and Tim was phenomenal. Absolute great time. Couldn't thank them enough for joining us. We kind of ripped into kind of what what we had going on for the weekend, what it was like to be a guide in the great state of Maine. Um, kind of tore into that. So we got into camp late Wednesday night. Uh, about 11, 12 o'clock got settled, um, and then we were up at 3.45 in the morning, and we got into hunting. Um, I was up to bat first, mm-hmm. and uh, Seth had brought us into one spot. Uh, we sat there for a little bit, waited for a gobble, no gobble. Uh, then we broke into another spot, got in that second spot, kept going, and uh, we, um, we had actually kind of moved into that spot no gobbles in the first area then we broke down into the back and uh we finally got some gobbles we uh we spotted we spot well seth spotted them and then we got in there and we started calling but they wouldn't break to come into us uh so we decided we're going to loop around them we went down this creek bed got up on this hill 
and they just wouldn't. They weren't gobbling, kind of walking well, off they, like that late I think season they, bite. They gobbled. We had them gobbling at the first setup on them. We made a move on them. Right. They gobbled again at the second so spot. So we decided to move in closer. Yeah, and then they just kind of just kind of meandered off. off. Uh, it was super weird. And at, at one point, we were glassing them in the middle of the. I mean, these fields are huge compared to the ones back home. Giant. And there was at least one long beard with a Jake, and then there was maybe one other long beard with two Jakes or three or three yep. Jakes. And we could see them in the field clear as day from the timberline. Right. And called to them, and it's like they just ignored it. Right. Just it was like, super weird, like like super weary, weird, crazy. Didn't care. Birds. And it's, it's, it's annoying. So then we decided that we were going to drive around and try and find some other birds. So we come up no. on some. First we went to Irving and got a coffee. Oh, that's right. Some we breakfast pizza. That's right. Breakfast pizza at Irving. It's definitely better than Casey's breakfast pizza, hands down. I'm just I've never had Casey's, but I'll tell you what. That, I would have died without Irving this week. It was the greatest thing ever. The coffee. Um, the coffee's nuclear, nuclear hot. hot. <laughs> you will burn every piece of your insides um, with that hot coffee. Um, so we left there, and we decided to do some running around. So we get on this one field, and this is where things get kind of crazy, like complete and utterly Western. So <laughs> we see, like, what's a hen or whatever. So then Seth's glassing them in the truck. We drive forward. It's kind of like, like – it's like a rolling hill, so you can't – there's like a little – Ditch. Yeah, in the middle of the field. And they're in this ditch. So we roll forward, and we see there's, like, what, seven, eight birds in there uh, anyways. Uh, yeah. And that was one of the things about Maine. Like, every, they were superly flocked up. Like, crazy, crazy, crazy flocked up. So, we decided we're going to make a move on them, which was cool. We did, like, some, some Western elk hunting-style uh, spot and stalk. So, Seth stayed kind of where he could watch them. He gets on top of this, uh, on top of this big John Deere, and he's watching them. And he's texting us, like, hey, they're kind of moving your way. Oh, I can hear you well, call this, that, and the other thing. So well, What we did was we went down the road to the next field there was a uh, block of timber between the field the birds were in and the next field uh, i don't know how a couple hundred yards wide yeah. maybe so we went through the next field over and got into that timber and so we could sneak through that block of timber to get within calling range of that flock so then we called at them and they had already they were already going south on the field and walking their way down they did respond and they kept going and then they responded again. They were further away, but going towards the back of the field. And so then me and Steve decided that we're going to make a move. We got to move up up top. So we start to go up this knoll, and we get up the top there. We're sitting there. I start cutting, and the hen starts cutting back. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, maybe she's going to come. We get everything all but, cameras but we're all still set up. like 75. Fi- fi- I was going to say 50 yeah. yards off the edge of the field. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so she's, like, cutting back, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, all right, she's going to come, she's going to come, she's going to come. And she didn't. And I'm like, all right, well, all right, well, what the hell are we going to do now? And then that's when you said, I'm going to whip out my my, my, uh, my reaping stuff, and we're going to kind of, like, mosey our way up. Yeah, so what I, I took out the, the fan. I used the fan kind of as a shield so I could get us up to the edge of the field. Right. So then Trev would be able to shoot into the field, so... It didn't really do anything, to be honest with you, because no. I didn't see any turkeys. But it, it was, like, <laughs> like I said, was. it was a shield in case I got stuck and saw saw a bird. I could hide behind it. So I got up, what were we, five yards off the field edge, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Ten. Something like that. I got to a, to a good tree there. I didn't see any birds. So then I waved back to Trev so Trev could move up, up behind me without anything to worry about. And then 
Basically we got in this family. like blowdown, and uh, we're sitting there, and I'm I'm cutting, and you could hear him gobbling back. I mean, they've gobbled back a handful of times, and then she starts to cut back, and I'm like, all right, cool, man, whatever. And you're like, dude, I think maybe we should like try and reap them. And I was like, all right, I'm all about it. Dude, Texas Instruments. Remember using those things in high school? Yeah. They make those calculators, the T1652948. All right, never mind. So, anyway, so um, <laughs> so I'm cutting back at this hen, and we're, we're about to go down and reap him well, to this field uh, and make a move. The thing was, you could hear that bird gobbling, but we couldn't see him. And I'm looking at hunt stand, and I'm trying to figure out where this bird is, and it makes no sense looking at hunt stand because... It's like a outside corner of the field and then a, and then another outside corner of the field. But he sounds like the direction he's in, he's either we should be able to see him right. or he's in that block of timber, which mm-hmm. made no sense. Because Dude, it was do you like, want to go to Old Orchard Beach, take a dip? It was No, I want to go to bed. Oh, okay. Um, it it, it uh, made no sense for him to be in that block of timber because it's like super dark, you know, pine thicket. Um, but looking back on it now and talking to Seth, he was in the field. We just couldn't see him. They're over because a little drop, yeah, um, and uh, and where we were in the woods. So we're about to like bust out of this this hedgerow and head down this field to go and try and um, try and reap them. And I look up and I see the hen at like 15 yards on the other side of this tall grass. Like so, it goes woods, tall grass, cut field, and I can see her back, and she's coming up back towards us. And I'm like, oh. All right, I said. I said, dude, don't move. I says, I says, here comes this hen. She's gonna like come right by us. She's looking for us. And I said, the boys are gonna be right behind them. And all you hear is, Ow. so they're coming now. And the, the long beards. So I see them first. At first, the first beard is a long beard. The second beard, the second bird, is a Jake. And then the third one struts, and it's a long beard. So I'm like, all right. I'm like. They're going to come. They're going to come. And we're talking back and forth. Like, don't shoot. Don't shoot. Wait. Don't shoot. I'm going to shoot. No, don't wait. All right. So they start coming up, and they get to, like, 25 yards. And, and I'm, I can't even really see the birds because we're so jammed, or I'm jammed up with the camera. I'm, like, laying on the ground in fetal position, and I'm, like, watching through mm-hmm. the viewfinder. And Trev's, like, narrating it to me. I can't really see what's going on. I'm just trying my best to have the camera in the right direction. And those, so that flock comes up. And the first one kind of picks up his head, and then the other three pick up their head. There was more behind him. So they pick up their head, and he turns, and he starts to go away. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to shoot. They're going to putt. I'm going to shoot. They're going to putt. And he's like, all right, shoot him. <laughs> no, I was like, no, don't wait. Because I couldn't see him, so right. I'm like, don't shoot. Just wait. Just wait. And then you hear the putt, and I was like, all right, shoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you didn't even know what was going on. So I shoot, and I just melee this thing, dude, like wet, like <laughs> give him the old flipper. <laughs> give him the old flipper. He looked like he was. He got into a ring with Mayweather, dude. He looked. He both his eyes were swelled shut. He just got. We laid the saddies down on him, dude, and it absolutely murked him. This is, that was the first time I seen a turkey that I felt bad for him, dude. It was bad. It looked <laughs> like someone stepped on his forehead. Like it was eyes are his eyes were swollen shut, like Rocky Balboa after going fourteen rounds with the Russian. It's it was brutal, and I thought like something was wrong with the bird. Um, so I go and I pick it up. Dude, the spurs are the coolest spurs ever. They're like, they're not long at all. They look like kind of like Jake spurs. A little bigger than a Jake spurs. Yeah. And they're rounded. They're rounded and they're like ivory white. Um, or like pinkish ivory white. Super weird. Probably one of the cooler spurred birds I've ever shot in my entire life. Um, so we got it, took some nice pictures, 
me, Seth, and, and Steve sat there, kind of enjoyed it for a bit. Then we went over and I took pictures on the tractor, which I've always wanted to do that, but mm. I always had to have the reason to do it. Right. And I never really haunted too many, like, field birds. So we took some nice pictures on that. And Seth was like, well, dude, it's Maine. You probably should take the pictures on the skitter, <laughs> which I, he's right. I mean, it would have been super badass. So the next bird that I shoot there, I'll probably do that. But um, So we enjoyed the day. Um and did we get back? No, we were Uh-oh. pretty much done after that. It. We kind of like drove around trying to find. It's getting hot in here. I got to turn the AC back on. It's what ninety-one degrees outside. Mm. It's hot. Um, so we um, we kind of like just kicked it, hung out, got things ready, shot some guns. Justin showed up into camp. Um, you know, got him all tuned in. He's never shot a, a turkey with a gun yet, so we kind of got him turned in. Uh, ate some hot, some Jordan's hot dogs, the bro. Best. Mark, I can't thank him enough, dude. He loaded us up with hamburgers, kielbasa, hot dogs, uh, macaroni salad, potato it, salad, instant coleslaw. Coffee. Yeah, instant. Which does not coffee, do not the my job. thing. Well, well you thanks. ended up finding that the coffee maker after. Yes, thank God that helped. A little that was bit. the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. But I'm glad. No, but I'm all, all kidding aside. Mark hooked, Mark made sure we were fully stocked with food. We didn't have to worry about anything. No, just showed up. Yep, just showed up. Um, so we kicked it there, and then we decided that that night we were going to go out coyote hunting with Seth, mm-hmm. um, which was, and Tim had showed up in the camp. So they came and they picked us up. It was like eight forty-five. Yep, and we were pretty tired, but whatever. We're going to go out and we're going to coyote hunt with them. So. They picked us up, and we got to the first place. Super cool. Um, got everything. Dude, thermal hunting is insane. You've done it before, so you kind of get it or know it. Yeah. But I have never done it before, and it was awesome. Um, so he turns on the caller, and a pack responded almost instantly. Right away, yeah. Um, little far away, but definitely responded almost instantaneously. So we, uh, we sat there for a bit. Uh, Justin and Steve were on the guns, and um, we waited, waited, waited. We're about to pack it in, mm. and Seth's over talking to Tim and Justin, and they're like, all right, yeah, I think we're done, this, that, and the other thing. And Steve goes, there's a dog. Seth, Seth, there's a dog. Seth, there's a dog. So then they didn't hear him, so I'm like, guys, guys, dog, 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 coming in, coming in. Um, so he came in. What? I don't know. It, what? Dude, that perception is so messed up in the thermal. It like, really it's is. It's so hard to judge, and... Most of the time when I ask that, like, a distance, and you look through the scope, you're like, no way. Like, it, it's hard. But you got to do it a lot to, mm-hmm. to know it. And it's, it's Well, that's why they have the built-in range finders. Uh, I didn't have that option. Or if I did, I wasn't told how to use it. No, they're not <laughs> going to tell you how to use it. They don't want you playing around with things like that. Yeah. So the dog comes out pretty much where I kind of expected it to come out with based on like the wind direction where we had heard the vocal response and all that stuff so like the entire time of calling i don't remember how long that set was, was 20 it, minutes was it 20 minutes yeah something like that um, i'm just scanning this one field that's back and forth back and forth back and forth just waiting to to catch a hot spot in the thermal and the dog steps out he didn't come flying out um he just kind of poked his head out and <clears throat> eased his way out into the field so i get on him and i'm waiting for seth to give me the okay to you know, shoot, and the dog came out, stopped, gave me a perfect shot. You want me to shoot him? By the time I got the okay, the dog started moving again, and it doesn't take much sometimes for those dogs to get a little 
a little weary and he kind of turned but he didn't turn to burn he just kind of turned to like you know you ever see him like where they like they turn they just like start quartering around quartering away looking back mm-hmm. he was kind of doing that and i just stayed on him he stopped again but he, he just kept moving he didn't he wouldn't like stop and just give you that like long pause to like right. bur- bury that sight in there and pull the trigger and he stopped one more time with like quartering away shot I put it right right there on the shoulder, pulled the trigger, and swing and a miss. Swing and a uh, miss. We, and the good thing was the video fr- through the thermal is recorded. Mm-hmm. So we have the have the footage. And if you watch the footage, I mean, it looks like a perfect shot until you slow it down, like super slow-mo. And right when I pulled the trigger, I just, I just pushed the crosshairs down, and it looks like I shot right underneath them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the I was a little part. pissed, but I mean, we were all laughing. Like it's, it, it, I it's think such the best a, part is 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 the the pat on the shoulder from Seth. Like after you miss, he's like, "It's all right, buddy." <laughs> it yeah. was just priceless. Like in the video, it's hilarious. Oh, I, I don't know if I've seen that yet. Yeah, it's but, hilarious. But um, you know, it's always a disappointment because you do all the work and you get you get a dog in front of you and then you blow the shot. Um, but like I said before, I've done it before. I know how hard it is as somebody who doesn't have really any experience on a gun like right. that um because you got to remember it's pitch black there's there's a couple buttons on the gun um to zoom you know to change your um power of the scope there's a focus button on the front you also have a um knob on the bottom of the tripod that you have to loosen to move the gun and then you have to turn it to lock it back in and i'm not using any of these as excuses but there's a lot going on and if you're like seth does it all the time it becomes second nature when it's like your first time jumping on the gun, it, it can be a little overwhelming. So, long story short, no excuses. I missed the dog. Sounds like a lot of excuses. It was still actually. no, no, not at all. Um, still, huge adrenaline rush. Oh, it's it, it, so cool. You know, dead dog or no dead dog, it, it's just a great experience. Um, and that's about it. On yeah, to, on so to the next we, spot. So we roll into the next spot. Um, at this time, I'm still filming. Just let the boys are on the guns, like. Let's not change it up. Let's just keep this thing going. Mm. Um, so we roll up into the second we, spot. We end up going the spot we ended up coyote hunting that night was the was second the spot. Second spot we went Surgery. to turkeys that morning, which so, was cool because me and Trev had been there in the daylight, so we kind of knew, the lay, knew of the, the lay of the land and, and where we were. So we get we get there, and right away, same thing. We hit the call, holler back right away. And we're like, oh, sweet, dude. This is awesome, dude. And uh, we ended up moving forward because we knew kind of the lay of land. So did Seth. He really knew the lay of the wind. So we kind of <clears throat> were yeah. able to have a type of discussion like, all right, let's move up. We can look down this knoll. It was wide open. We knew this one area that they were going to come out of. Yeah, so the, this is where we were exactly where we were that morning with those turkeys. When Chef said earlier on those turkeys, we had we had uh, slipped up like a creek bed. The dogs are on the other side of the creek bed. And it's it's a pretty pretty decent drainage yeah. ditch, but there's a farm road that crosses the the water between two ponds. So it was almost guaranteed that if those dogs came into the field we were in, they were going to come up that road. Right. That was pretty much the only option. Right. So I mean, you obviously you're still scanning that whole edge looking for a dog to pop its head up anywhere, but this dog ends up coming right down the right road. Right down the road. And coming hard. Came hard. Came like hard. Running On like a, as yeah. fast, fast. Came in, kind of started to do a loop. You're watching it coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. Justin's up to gun, and uh, 
He missed that thing within centimeters, honestly. Mm -hmm. On like a frontal he, shot, On a too. frontal shot. It was the only shot he was able to get. He was like, swings out, and he comes in, and he's looking right at him and didn't go broadside. And the only shot he was had was a frontal shot, and he ends up uh, missing it very, very, very. Had it been broadside? It would yeah. have been a dead dog. Yeah. You know, when they get frontal, that's a lot smaller target and a lot less forgiving. So Justin just absolutely jacked up. Like insane, he's like adrenaline man. <laughs> and mind you, Justin, Justin's never killed anything with a gun. Right. Like never killed anything with a gun. First time ever shooting a gun at night. This that. I mean, not really comfortable. Where me and Steve have been shooting guns our entire life. Very comfortable with guns. Um, so it was really cool for him to be able to do something that he ends up missing. Steve falls up, misses, whatever. So it's like midnight. Dude, me, we're about to burn the candle at both ends. We're like, let's go. And Seth's like, oh, yeah. Seth's like dude, if we're going to turkey on the morning, let's go home. Yeah. Smart move. Super smart move. Get back into camp. Everyone's still kind of jacked up. Went through the footage, video, so on and so forth. By the time we get to bed, it's 1230. Uh, it was later than that. Yeah. It was all of one. You think so? Easily. All right. So it's one o'clock. <laughs> and uh, mom goes off at three. Three. We get back up. The boys show into camp, pick us up. Um, this time. We got Tim with us. Tim, Tim is with yep. us. So me and Seth and Justin mm -hmm. go hunt one place so I can film for Justin. You went with Tim mm -hmm. and hunted with him. So on our end, uh, I don't really want to spoil it too much, but I'll break into it. We'll end up doing a Tales or. Or episode with Justin, but Justin ends up shooting uh, a nice bird. Um, first bird ever with a gun. Great Jake. Super cool. It was fun. It was an absolute blast. So we had worked a bunch of birds. Um, there was some birds in this roost. Uh, Seth had seen actually that night waiting for us to go coyote hunting. And uh, so we got in there gobbling. Dude, they were gobbling on their heads off. All kinds of birds. Four, five, six different birds. Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm. Um, so anyways... So those guys were all gobbling in there. They pitched down. The four gobblers went the opposite direction. We're still trying to work them. And uh, we're, like, about to get up to go work those toms in the next field over. And Justin goes, birds to the right, birds to the right, birds to the right. And so we, like, swing over. There they are. So they worked their way in. I yelled down to Justin, click that thing to the second second barrel, second barrel. So that's a bottom barrel, 555 Indian Creek. It's got the Saddies 9 in it, dude. 50-something-yard shot, dude. Justin holds them, rolls them. He was super pumped, super impressed with it, uh, jacked up. So we took a bunch of pictures, this, that, and the other thing. Just a great day, all in all. Um, and we tried moving in on some other birds. Didn't work out. That's when we came and we met up with you. Mm. You guys had just gotten some uh, breakfast pizza and some coffee. We had seen some birds, so we're like, oh, well, let's try and find Steve a bird. So we rolled around, try and find him a bird. We find a bird. You ended up trying to go reap them. Didn't work out in the favor. No. The, so I've never reaped a bird. You've never reaped a bird either. No. Right? I've never had. Well, I did on the bow, yeah, that one time. Yeah, but that wasn't really That's reaping. not reaping. I was, I was just more using like it as a screen. You, exactly. Um, so what happened was there was a, a tom, two jakes, and two hens out in the middle of this field. It was like a hidden field. You couldn't see it from the road. And same thing, you called him. I think he gobbled twice, but could care less about the call. And, you know, sometimes you just got to try to make something happen. So I, I whipped out the fan, showed it to him, got his attention, but he wasn't coming. He, you know, he's content. He's got two hens. It's late in the season. He's probably sick of fighting. Um, 
So I slowly just started like army crawling behind the behind the decoy, uh, closer and closer, and the birds just started working their way away from me towards the edge of the field, and um, I cut, I started picking up my pace a little bit at a time uh, to, to close the gap, and they just kind of got to the edge of the field and and slipped into the field and. And they were gone. They so weren't real receptive to the to uh-uh. the that all all weekend. They really weren't that receptive to calling either. They weren't receptive to much, dude. Uh-uh. It was just and that it, time of year, I think. Right, I think so. And and, it, and the other thing too is, the turkey population in Maine is is very healthy. Beautiful. Um, the way these birds are flocked up up here, it, it's almost like winter flocks back home. Because yeah. I, uh, me personally at home, a lot of times I'm dealing with one. <laughs> Um, one Tom, it's, I call, there's a Tom, it's one-on-one, me versus him. I make moves, he makes moves, call him in, and, and, and that's it. It's a one-on-one chess match. Well, you get up here, you're dealing with hens, you're dealing with jakes, you're dealing with Tom, and if you're trying to get to that Tom, mm-hmm. it can be really hard to get him pulled away from what he's already got going on. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I battled with the whole time we were up here. You know, I feel Just like if, it, if, it, if, if I could have found a lone Tom, I think it would have been a different story. But the, the thing is that they were never fired up. Like, dude, I'm I'm waiting for that time of just that, and then just like suicidal kamikaze cutting you shit. off. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Right. I mean, they would cut us off, but they wouldn't show up. Right. I mean, nothing came and did what it needed to. Like it was tough. I mean, it was. It was a grind, dude. It was a grind. It Very was definitely a hunting grind. Yeah, but it, you know what? We made the best of the situation. So that day kind of petered out. We went back to camp, hung out, tried catching some some Z's. Well, no, that's when we shot the uh, 50 cal. No, we that was the next day, I thought. I don't think so. Oh, so we got back to camp. Oh, yeah, because Greg and all them had just – no, yeah. they weren't even there They yet. weren't there. That's why it was that it was day. Tim. We shot the 50 cal that day. Oh, that's right. So he so we brought over the Barrett 50 cal, Mark's Barrett 50 cal, some of the muzzleloaders, the 8-gauge muzzleloaders. That was a blast. Mm-hmm. Like, super cool to shoot the 50 cal, um, shoot at water jugs and whatever. I mean, it wasn't like a big kick. It was Not just at all. A, a, a big concussion. The kick was not bad at all. Like but blackout you concussion. You don't know what to expect when you load a bullet in that's bigger than your hand. Yeah. Um, and you were the only one that was like, all right, I'll do it. Uh, yeah, I was like, I'll, yeah, whatever, I'll do it. Someone's got to do it. I guess. Yeah. I'd be, um, I'm I glad I did it. I got the shell for a souvenir, and I mean, I don't know when the next time, if ever, I'll have the opportunity to shoot a uh, a fifty cal, Barrett. BMG. No, it wasn't a Barrett. It wasn't. I, no, but um, yeah, did that. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. <laughs> Except I didn't get the t-shirt. No t-shirt. Mark didn't even make us no t-shirts. Damn, Mark, why didn't he make us a t-shirt for shooting the fifty cal? Anyways, um, so we kind of messed around, made lunch, this that and the other thing, caught some Z's. Oh, you, um, I didn't. Yeah, but, but it was minimal, dude. It's like two hours here, two hours dude, there. I would take a two-hour nap. Oh, so. it was brutal, brutal. Uh, same thing again. Eight forty-five. Tim and um, actually, no, Greg and Bobby and RJ showed up in the camp. Uh, got we met them for a couple minutes. And minutes. Then, minutes. No, Seth and Tim were already there. Yeah, they were. By the time we were just should. waiting for those boys yeah. to come in and you know introduce ourselves, get to meet them and talk to them guys for a second. And then we took off and we went coyote hunting again. Um, and we did, what, three stands, I think? Yeah, first one, we had a, we weren't even set up yet. We were halfway from the truck to where we were going to set up, we, and there was coyotes howling across the street. 
Nothing came in. Nothing came in the on the set. The amount of deer, though. Oh, my God. I've never seen that many deer in my entire life. They're everywhere. Well, there was. A, we thought that there was a coyote coming out, and it was actually just a deer <coughs> on the corner there. Remember? Yeah, you know what happened there was all the deer in the field behind, they were just hanging out. Everybody thinks that you blow a, a rip a coyote howl, and you're going to clear the field out. They don't care. They really don't. Sometimes they'll pick their head up, and then they just go right back to eating. Well, we just we saw that. We, we made yeah. a 30-minute stand, pup distress, uh, howling, fighting, this, that, and the other thing, and they didn't even leave. They didn't the, move. The pup distress tends to get – they don't run, but it definitely gets their attention. Attention, But right. on a ha- – just ripping howls, they, they really don't care they at don't all. Care. But There's at, one, at one point, there was, I don't know, seven, eight deer in the field behind us in the corner. Right. And for whatever reason, they decided to clear out. Uh, our wind was blowing that way too, so I don't know. So all the deer had run out of the field, and then uh, I think there was still two still in the field. Well, then a third uh, lamb they yeah. call them up yeah, in Maine. Lamb, lamb, baby, we call them skippers, um, came running back into the field. So we thought it was a, we yeah. thought it was a coyote coming into the field, but it ended up being a just a lamb deer, just a lamb. So then we went and we made a second set. Uh, nothing came in. We didn't hear, see nothing in that set. Cool set, though. It was kind of fun, actually. Um, and then we went to a third set on a really cool farm, actually. Really cool, yeah. Dude, so many deer there, too. Like, I, mind-blowing how many deer were there. There's five or six still in the field. Uh, as we're calling, dog finally comes out. Acted really weird. Like, didn't want to come <coughs> in. Like, just kind of, like, chilling. It just looked like he was, like, mousing around. It was like a, a fresh cultivated field. Freshly turned dirt, and he was just kind of just dogging around with his nose to the ground, like he was looking for mice or something. Tail like that. in the air, you could see care the less about the the caller. Yeah, it didn't matter what Seth threw at him, and Seth was throwing some fire sounds at him. But you know, some of the best sounds there that you could possibly put on a fox, bro. And the dog just didn't turned care. Turned around and went back didn't. the other way. <laughs> and then he'd pop back up again, and then you know he kept. He, he was right on the under, edge of, like, uh, there's, like, a, a little drainage ditch in the middle of the field, and he'd disappear into the ditch, and we'd keep an eye on it. And then he, he popped his head back up. We thought for a second maybe he was going to come in this time, and then he disappeared back into the ditch and then never saw him again. So then we um, kind of called it a night. Then it was time to go hunting again. Same thing. Same thing. Back, back home. Back in bed. One in the, in the morning. morning. Brutal. Brutal. Now we're on day three. Oh, but I was excited for this day. Because we were meeting Seth and Tim at the Irving. Oh, at the Irving, at right. At 345. Because we were going to finish up where we had left off the day before, right. and it was easier to meet them there. So the first two mornings, Seth and Tim had met us Picked at us. camp at 345. But this morning, we decided we would meet them at the Irving. It would save them time coming all the way to camp to pick us up. You know, it was only right. But when I went to GPS to the Irving, it said it was 24-7. So that means at 3.45 in the morning, I could get a fresh cup of coffee and a piece of breakfast pizza. And I was pumped up. Pumped up. Not going to happen. We get to the Irving, and they are not open. So, so uh, no breakfast pizza, no coffee. I was pissed. And we were in for a long haul because we were going into Miserable. a spot. Uh, tons of gobbles. I mean, it was picture perfect. Got everything we needed to do. We got in there, sat. Birds caught him back at us, seemed to come in. There was gobbling in three, two, three different spots. We're like, all right, we're going to kill was, a bird in here. So we're sitting with our back to a block of timber with a giant field in front of us. The block of, the block of timber behind us is a field behind that, 
and then to our left there's another field on the other side of like a fence row and then to the right there's another field on the other side of the fence row so it's basically five fields and we're sitting in the middle one there a bird gobbled in every single field around us except for the field that we were in mm-hmm. exactly what i say are you paying attention yeah i'm paying attention the <laughs> a bird gobbled in every it's single field be a around test us after this yeah um it's your bird you're just telling the story anyways it's not my bird. I didn't take him home. Well, but um, yeah, you were up to gun. Same thing. Very frustrating morning. Uh, Trev had gotten into a, cu- a cup pissing match a couple times with a. Th- this hen, I, I don't even know the sound she was making. I never heard a hen make some no, of the sound she was making. It was, was like making. a cut, a cut, a cut yelp all at the same time. Right. Um. And, and every so often we, you know, you'd, you'd hear a bird gobble. Okay. You know, you let's go. It's go time. And then. He'd just shut up, and then we'd sit there for a little bit longer. You know, super patient that morning. Um, I, you were. I wasn't. Well, you're never patient. Seth uh, wasn't. Seth, I, we were over it. I have. Uh, <laughs> no, Seth's pretty patient. Dude. No, very patient. Dude. Um, we had confidence in the spot because you guys had glassed all those birds where we were at 8 o'clock the morning before. Right, and Seth had seen them the night before. Right. So we were kind of hoping that at some point, part of the morning they were going to want to be in that area mm-hmm. um but like i said it just it was just hot and cold hot and cold you'd get a gobble you'd call them nothing um it is what it is so i think we gave it till eight o'clock mm-hmm. and uh we were going to pack it up so i decided i was going to sneak over to the fence row to our left because that was the last place we had heard a bird and um when i snuck over there well are you guys i thought you guys were packing up but i guess you weren't yeah we um, were no, like the decoys and everything. Oh, no, no, no. We were waiting for you to check everything before we got up. Right. So I sneak over there. I don't see anything. I check the backfield. I don't see anything. I'm heading back, and I hear Trev calling. So that kind of confuses me because I don't know why he'd be calling. And then I look up, and I see a, a gobbler working across the field at, like, I don't know, what was it? 150 yards, maybe? Yeah, 200 anyways, yards. yeah. Um, so I just dropped to my knees. Um pulled out the fan just to hide behind for cover and um i could feel my phone vibrating it was it was i saw it was Chet, but i didn't answer it so i text him back i was 25 yards from the decoys we had our had out in the field already so i just text him back i'm here like work the bird like if he comes into the decoys i'm i, I can shoot Killable, right? um Trev's calling. They don't even really even pick up their head they're just working their their way across the field um heading from left to right so I look at Trev and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try to reap them. Like, what's the worst thing I'm gonna do? I'm gonna spook these birds. Like, it's pretty much the last day of turkey hunting, so might as well try to make something happen. So, I'm like, crouch walking behind <laughs> behind the fan. Uh, I show the bird sees the the fan, goes the full strut. So I'm like, all right, cool, got his attention. I get down, get the, you know, get ready because he's gonna come That's in. A good one. Um, he just continues to walk so i continue to move in on him and then i start seeing more and more birds that ended up being at least one long beard it was, there was three male birds so it might have been a long beard and two, two jakes, jakes or or whatever um so they're so far ahead of me i'm looking ahead i'm like i'm not going to catch them they're going to make it to the edge of the field before i can get anything done so i start picking up the pace and um I'm still not closing the gap fast enough, so, so I decided I'm just gonna stand fully, stand up completely, with the fan in front of me, 
and I'm just going to run. <laughs> so I literally full out run as fast as I can, probably 100 yards with the fan in front of me. And the birds did not care at oh, all. Boy, I'm going to miss this toll um, at all. And I actually got within probably about 80 yards of the birds before they made it to the tree line. And right as they made it to the tree line, they decided to scoot, take flight. And uh, and they were gone. <laughs> Go across the next field. They were gone. But I gave it my best effort. And that's all you really can do. I mean, what else are you supposed to do? I mean, we're trying. They're not receptive to calls. They're not receptive to decoys. They're not receptive. I mean, dude, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you're at that point, I mean, we were spotting, stalking. We were doing just everything that we Anything possibly you could. Anything you possibly could, yeah. Um, so we went to, we got out of there. We went and got coffee and Irvin's pizza. Got the pizza. Got to get the pizza. Actually, I got it. I got it. Uh, She's on a bagel, yeah, but, but that was a terrible play, in my opinion, because you can get that anywhere. I When's know. When's the next time you're gonna be able to get breakfast pizza? Uh, I don't know, but I, I just needed to try something different. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't get a salad, so. I I probably could you imagine if I did get a salad? No, I wouldn't let you. It's horrible, horrible idea. Don't ever turkey hunt with a salad. So, um, then Seth's like, "All right, man, let's keep running around. Like it's the last day. Like let's mess around." So. We started hitting the road, going a bunch of more places, checking out a bunch more things. He's like, dude, I got one bird on my farm that, like, oh, my daughter it. hunted for a bit, missed it, and, you know. Decided she didn't like getting up at 3 in the morning. <laughs> Do you blame her? Because that's what I, I, I'm like, if it's your daughter's bird, like, I'm not, I don't want to, like, hunt your daughter's bird. bird. I was like, right, yeah. no, nope, she ain't getting up at 3 in the morning anymore. Have at it. So, uh, so we got there, and, um, dude, you tell our story. Uh, so we pulled up. And there's the bird, right right in the field where you're supposed to be. Um, we back up to the logging road, get out. Obviously, it's, it's Seth's farm. He knows it like the back of his hand. And we use the logging road to access along the edge of that field that bird's in to get back to get into an area where we can make a play on them. So we get halfway back. It's a, it's a long, narrow field. So we get halfway back field. The bird's on the right side. We're on the left side. We get eyes on him again. He's still in the same spot. We continue down the logging road to get to the back edge. We slip in the back side. We can't find the bird. He's gone. Trev made some calls, nothing. Made some calls, nothing. So we sat there for five, ten minutes. Couldn't find the bird. Continued to ease around the edge of the field. Pretty much 360 the whole field. It's 100 degrees outside. So hot. And the bugs were so bad. Um... And that was it. I mean, we basically worked our way back into the field because we're pretty confident the bird's not there anymore. And no idea where he went. He was Disappeared gone. completely. Must have winded us or something, I guess. I had to have because I know they definitely didn't see us. Yeah. We definitely winded us. Or they just moved on on their own, you yeah. know. You never know. So, um, so that was pretty much it, except while we were there, Seth had got a text from Tim. Justin had knocked down another bird. Yeah. So that was awesome. So he tagged out in Maine. He tagged out in Maine. Um, First time ever hunting with a gun. Yep. So then uh, shout out Eureka Farms, though, huh? Yeah, dude. Seriously. After we got done hunting there, we were already oh. at, at Seth's farm. So uh, he took us down to his farm. I, I mean, he made it sound like it was like a little farm stand, I, I thought. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like, a, yeah, we got a little farm stand down here. He's such a humble you know, dude, we, bro. We, we sell some stuff. <laughs> we go down there. Oh, my God. 
The place is a, it's a it's a general store. It's insane. They sell everything, all farm fresh. A lot of the stuff, uh, maple the, syrup, whoopie pies. Oh, the maple whoopie pies. Um, so Heaven. Maybe we can get a Eureka sponsorship so we can get the, the whoopie pies on the, reg, uh, on the reg. On the reg. So- uh, what did I get for sausage? A garlic. Garlic something sausage. Yeah. I bought a pack of that. We went back and grilled Eat that, that up. For but um, check shameless plug. Check them out. Uh, they're on all social media platforms: yep. Facebook, Eureka Instagram. Farms. Um, they're doing some great stuff over you there. Can get, so. You can get beans they're for beans. baked beans. World famous beans. World famous baked beans from those guys. Uh, dried beans. Uh, their maple syrup. Their meats all can be shipped. Um, so you guys check those guys out. Because I'll tell you what. I cannot wait to just make French toast or pancakes with the maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot wait. But shout out to them. You know, go check them out. Yeah. Their stuff. So, anyways, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty. I mean, I was I, excited. I, I, was I excited. think uh, I'm sorry. you'd have to see it for yourself. But, I mean, it, right? I couldn't believe the setup that they had down there. And, it was gorgeous. And how nice the store was. So, mm. um and yeah, I don't really remember what happened after <laughs> that. So, so we left there, um, and we, me and you, we went back to oh camp to, to Irving and got our truck, and then we went back to camp. Yep, and you went to sleep again. Yeah, yeah. I decided I'm good for that. it was the last day, so I decided I was going to go to. I had not been to this spot, but Trev, Trevin, uh, Justin had been there. Justin killed a bird there. Yep, his first bird, right? Yeah, and. Um, pretty good intel on where the birds were roosting i've never hunted an evening roost before um don't really care to either to be honest but last day in maine last chance i got to try to do something so everyone told me you know go down the road field to be on your left check check the fields make sure there's no birds in the fields turn around come back park right here slip in here sit here so i'm like okay perfect so and i'm solo now i'm by myself so i do exactly like I was told. No birds in the field. I park the truck. I get out. I get all my stuff. I got to walk down the road like maybe 50 yards or so and mm-hmm. then cut in. Right as I go to cut into my right, I look up to my left across the street. There's a fresh tilled field and there's two strutters right there. They saw me before I saw them. Were they strutting or just chilling? No, they were long beards is what, uh-huh. I, what I mean by strutter. So yeah. um, they saw me before I saw them. And I never even looked that way when I was driving by because no. I, I was focused on the other side of the street. Why would you? Um, had I known that was unposted land, it was huntable, I probably would have taken a peek. But right. it just wasn't on my radar. So um, they took off. The, I, I mean, I spooked the shit out of them. Honestly, <laughs> they scared the shit out of me too. South um, Berwick. That's my last name, by the way. So, uh, um, <laughs> kind of ruined the confidence for me. I'm pretty sure those birds were working their way towards the road, and they were going to cross the road and head to the roost that I was set up to hunt that night. Hey, um, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, but Sorry. I went in anyways. I set up beautiful spot. Um, sat there till dark. I did have two deer come in. I watched them for a little while, and I did. I heard hens, and I did hear three hens pitch up where they were supposed to pitch mm-hmm. up. But um, that's it. Didn't kill shit. Yeah. Hey, you know, I I just I want to break for two seconds because we didn't do a killer's corner. Oh, good call. And it was funny as I was actually just strumming through and got a notification. Um, somebody had actually just posted. All one right. Up, so what so. is it? What uh, is it? Paul Santoro. Oh, I got that one. Oh, okay. I just saw it. We got so. Paul Santero, last day success in Connecticut. Uh, John Felon, 
I know that's not how you say his name, but that's how <laughs> I say his name because it's cool. Felon with a PH. Uh, and, and Chloe, last day of the uh, season in Connecticut, they doubled up. And then we've got Brooke Hubley, which is Ted Hubley's daughter, got her first turkey. He did, and, a t- he did one of the first tails from a tailgate with us. Second, actually. I think. Was it first? Uh, the Bighorn Sheep. there. Uh, world class, that's Ted. And if you missed that, you can go back and check that out. And uh, that's all I got for Killer's Corner. And then also don't forget about Skin Divers. S- no, that's – well, oh. no. By the time this comes out, it'll be close. All right, I tried. Uh, <laughs> second <laughs> annual Saddle Up Saturday, June 24th. 9 a.m. to What are you going to take the wheel for me? <laughs> it's got to do something, dude. You got to be too excited. Saddle up Saturday, June 24th, 9 a.m. to You're 4 p.m. <laughs> Look, uh, yeah, just come to Wild Edge, June 24th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. I'll be there. Trev won't because he's a loser. But if you want to hang out with me and Drew from uh, Wild Edge. Sorry, uh, I'll be fishing. We'll be there hanging hanging out with some uh, some cool gear and cool br- cats. <clears throat> bring your bows. What is that? Cool cats. Cool and cats cool and kittens. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, dude, I'm out of it, bro. I'm sorry. I'm shot. shot. Absolutely but, uh, shot. What a great weekend, though, man. Just to wrap it all up, we're actually. This- I think the coolest thing that I took away from it is everybody talks about going into Maine how oh if it's not posted land you can hunt it oh god you can hunt if it ain't posted and we're like all right well that's cool but super for cool. one it's super awkward <laughs> super You're just like, are you sure we can be here like i don't we got permission to be here it ain't posted well well it ain't properly posted yeah <laughs> like, exactly so it, there's that but the thing you don't realize until after and talking to other people like we would hunt a place with with seth and then later we would talk to Mark, and Mark's like, oh, yeah, I've been hunting there for years. So it's almost like, especially these these larger pieces, mm-hmm. they're private property. But because they're unposted, it's basically like a piece of public back right. home. Because everybody knows about that spot. Everybody knows there's birds there. And you don't know who else is hunting there, who's been hunting there, how much pressure's been, been put in there. So, like I said, it's all private property, and it's unposted, but it's it's basically like hunting public. It really is because it, it's fun, though. Mm. I think it's super cool. Like, at first, you're like, all right, dude, is this a good idea? Like, you're sketched yeah. out. You're like, is somebody going to come down here? Like, yeah, you sure you can park here? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, when we had made the first set and we are actually sitting down and calling, and I'm like, what if someone comes down this, this farm road? Right. Like, are we going to get kicked out of here? Like, what's about to happen? Oh, dude, Aiden, we missed it on the way up, but there's New Hampshire liquor and wine outlet. Yeah, we're not stopping. All right. <laughs> good story. The only thing I'm stopping for right now is a coffee. Ooh. Um, good call. No, but it, it was awesome. And and the best thing about that unposted is is fair game is so many more options. Where, like, back home, like, when me and Treble will hit a piece of public, try to strike a bird, if that doesn't pan out, we might have a 15, 20-minute drive to the next right. piece of dirt that we can touch. Where Maine you're constantly looking for birds in fields because you never know where you might spot a bird that's next to unposted and you can make a play there. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, and there's obviously there's a lot of places that are posted, but there's also a lot that aren't posted. So there's just a lot of options. It's fun. And there's a, there's a ton of birds up there. There is a ton of birds. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to maybe going up there earlier in the year, or whatever right. the case may be. You're birds thinking about going back in August, huh? Dude, I want to go back. I want to do an actual coyote hunt, not worrying about getting up for turkeys. 
Which is um, Kyle, huh? And I'd like, I'm hoping that our Seth will go because, I mean, unfortunately, Seth couldn't make the trip. Um, Death and his family, our yeah, condolences. Completely understandable. But the entire time we were coyote hunting, I'm like, dude, Seth is missing. Like, this <laughs> going to be eight. He would have loved this more than the uh. turkey hunt. Um, I was really um, bummed he wasn't there. So uh, I'm going to get with Seth and see if he wants to make a run up there maybe in August. I'm going to break do down like on that real Friday quick, night, dude. Saturday night hunt. So sleep Saturday night, come home Sunday, and get back to work Monday or something. So after doing this, right, and, and hunting with Seth Seth Edwards from Two Hundred Seven Outfitters, I want to say Guide Service uh, Outfitters, dude. If you guys have never had the opportunity to do such a thing, or have thought about yes. doing such a thing, you know we talk about or there's always talk about main hunting over bait, right? And they always say. Oh, you know, it's real cool, guys. You know, a lot of outfitters will have that as an option to sit over bait at night in the huts and stuff like that. Not the way to go. If you're going to go and you're going to do something like this. We're talking this, about coyotes? Yeah, coyotes oh, okay. over bait. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, you want to you want to come into a call. Come into a call on thermal. Yeah. Um, it's worth it. And it's I, I rec- highly recommend it for anybody that wants to do it. Get a hold of 207. They're probably one of the only ones that does it. In, and does it right. And does it right in in northern, in, in Maine. Yeah. Um, these guys, are, Seth does it right. He lives, breathes, and dreams killing coyotes. I don't think that there's anybody I've ever met up here that thinks about it the way that he does. Right. Hands down. I mean, we got in the truck. We're out coyote hunting, and we get in the truck, and there's a coyote hunting podcast on, on, the, on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, come on. You know, like, there's nothing better than that. So, you guys... Hit them it, up at 207outfitters.com. The other thing, too, is if you've never done it before, it is like nothing you've ever done before. There's nothing. No, there's nothing. nothing you can compare it to. Um, you know, you're you're literally standing in the middle of a field with your gun on, on a tripod at, you know, stand-up height, and you're just scanning. It, it, it's it's just epic, man. It's, it's pitch black out. The stars are out. The call's going. You, you have to experience it for yourself. Yeah, so hands down. We're going to have some videos uh, so you guys can check them out and see kind of what we did. Uh, we'll put that up on our YouTube here on uh, the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, do if, some reels and stuff if, like that. You guys can see what we're going to do. It, I'd, I'd, I mean, you can go as long as you want, I guess, but a uh, couple you, nights. You, there, it's available to get a three day license, so sure. you don't have to buy your whole, whole license. So the license itself is pretty cheap. And the, the night hunting endorsement is $6, I think. Yeah, after fees, yeah. That, that'd be your tag to be able to coyote hunt at night. So it's it's very reasonable price. Um, I highly suggest um, linking up with 207 and booking a coyote hunt. Yeah, for sure. Definitely who I would go with. I don't think I would go with anybody other than them. No. No. So Not a chance. Well, man, I think I'm going to get back to napping in the truck. Uh, I guess I'll just drive the rest of the way. Yeah, well, what else are you, you going to do? I've watched you sleep all week, so I might as well watch you sleep the last couple of hours. I don't feel too, like so. I slept all week. I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> well, that's neither here nor there. Well, at least we got you here. Yeah. And you're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just going to stuff this truck in the ditch. Yep. I mean, I got to I gotta go to Maine. I got to show you how to kill birds. I got to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what, what else you want from me? Yeah. It's sure. tough. <laughs> Life's rough. Yeah. What do you think, Stevie? It's your story. You can tell it however you want, buddy. Well, it's, I mean, it's partially yours. We can allow you to say whatever you want. All I know is I'm up to bat first next year because I <laughs> followed your ass around all day on the first day, and then Trev was tired when I was up to bat. 
You couldn't even keep up with me and Seth. <laughs> me and Seth are like 100 yards ahead of you. We're like, stop in. Where's Trev? We're going to put you on a milk carton. Hashtag, where's Trev? <laughs> me and Seth are like, oh, where's, well, at his where's far- Trev? At, at Seth's like, farm? He's like 1,000 yards behind us waiting oh, for you to catch Oh, I was trying up. to be quiet, dude. No, you weren't. Yeah, well. We was we was we were quiet and we were way ahead of you, buddy. I was I was, I was in, listen. I was keeping up with. I was in Seth's boot track. <laughs> Seth would pick up his left boot <laughs> and my left boot would go down in his boot track. Let me call. We let me call moving. Seth and go see ahead. if you were that good. <laughs> I I know for a fact. Call him up. But tra- uh, I don't know where. I don't know where. I was tra- taking was my lost, time. Yeah. I was taking it. You were in. sweating, dude. I was dying. hyperventilating. <laughs> Couldn't. I think you got your inhaler out, dude. It was. Sometimes you just can't keep up, man. It's okay. It's all right. Should have just left you in the truck. That's about as useless as you were. (laughs) So, all right. I appreciate it. You want to end the podcast too? Yeah. Hey, for everybody else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.